Okay, so how are we doing so far? Okay. Um, what you playing on? Is it called marriage? <laughs> okay, so I can go to. Um, I could talk about how we met. Hold on for a second. I'm getting too much feedback. This is really annoying. Is that you can tell sound is his anointing, okay? <laughs> so I can tell you how we met. Um, we we met at a church down in South Florida when she was going to school at Clark in Atlanta. So I don't, that's where we met. We met before that. No, we yes, met at we the did. church. We met in high school. See? No. So we met. That's how we met, and. Um, I think at one point they had like a summer camp going on. So she was working there and, and she was going back and forth. The only time I would see her was when she come down from college. So, and other times uh, I wouldn't see her. So when she finally finished, thank the Lord, <laughs> when she finally finished and that's when we really started to um, hook up and we started to date and, and everything. And I told my friends, like, listen, if you don't let me know what y'all gonna do by Wednesday, then everything is off. So they sometimes they let me know at the last minute. I'm like, well, too late, I already made plans. It's already too late. So yes, we met at a church. And for, for the most part, for the most part, most couples they do meet at a church. Some uh, they meet at a club. They meet at a club or a skating ring or something like that. And they're still married today. I, uh, one of one of my friends in South Florida said he met his wife at a skating rink. That's how they met. So that's how we, we met at the church and everything. And I was um, at the time I believe I was in audio. So and then later on she later on she became um, as she was a prayer counselor. She's a prayer counselor at the church. So you know. Um, I didn't get a warm reception from the family, her family. It was like, you know, okay, we'll kind of like shoot you first and ask questions later. <laughs> so that's, that's what that was, you know. But eventually, eventually they started to warm up to me and they realized, oh, he ain't going nowhere. Not at all. Exactly. Hallelujah. Exactly. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> so... When I really stepped in is when something had happened uh, with the family, which I was aware of. So I know what they was going through. So I still stayed. No matter what, I still stayed. So, you know, one of the sisters tried to scare me off, but it didn't work. Her older sister tried to scare me off, but it didn't work. Amen. Um, to this day, to this True. day, to this day, um, my mother-in-law, has my back and everything. She takes she takes my side on everything. On everything, everything. We because. just had a a friendly discussion, not a debate or an argument, but discussion on making up the bed when you get out of bed. 
because I have to make up the bed when I get out of bed. Come on, who was raised to make up the Thank you, thank you, ladies. The women are on my side here. The, thank you. Even the baby's on my side here, okay? I was raised to make up the bed when you got out of bed. Even if you got out first, you did what? You straighten up your side, right? You cannot make up a bed with somebody still in it. <laughs> oh, my God. So I called my mom. So I called my mom, and I'm like, Mommy. And I still say Mommy at my age. I say, Mommy, your son-in-law <laughs> will not make up the bed. Even if he gets up first, he won't even straighten up his side. I'll take the rest, you know, when I get up. But Or if I get up first and just happen to go in the kitchen and grab something real quick, the bed is still messed up when I get back. And he's, like, off in another room or something like that. My mom takes his side. Yes, because I'm her only son-in-law. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. you're looking at 21 years of marriage. God is good. <laughs> How long have you been married? Oh. <laughs> when you get to year 21, <laughs> you can teach some things to people about marriages. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. So one of the things that God has blessed us to be able to do is that um, we have in the past that we're going to be starting. You know, we're a brand new church, so we're going to wait until next semester to start our small groups. But one of the small groups that we're going to have is called As For Me and My Household, and that is a marriage small group. So if you hang around here and you're interested in signing up for that, let us know. It will start next semester. But it can be a, a big blessing to you if you are married. Also, we encourage you, if you are single, looking for your soulmate or your love, love of your life, you want to get involved with small groups. Why? Because there are other people in the small group that can help you, and you can help them. And it's a benefit to you as well as to them. Amen? Amen always. So, um, you want to tell them the story of how you proposed? That's a long story. I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long story short. Short story long. <laughs> um, we were we were at a believe it or not, it was a gas station. Yes. yes. It was a gas station, and I knew she was gonna say yes. But the problem was, she had me on one knee for. About a half an hour, my hot dog was getting cold. My soda was getting hot. So, so I'm like, would you say yes so I can get off my knee and, you know, finish my cold hot dog and warm soda? You know, so that's, you know, that's how I proposed to her. We kept talking about it and we kept talking about it. So I just, hey, you know what? I didn't even have a ring. I didn't have a ring. So I still proposed to her. And what happened was, when some some of my friends from the church found out, mm -hmm. they hit the ceiling. Yep. They was all upset. I'm like, what y'all upset for? Y'all got a lady. What you mean? What you, what you, what, what was that with me for? You have a woman. Mm -hmm. And they was highly mm -hmm. upset. And they did everything they can mm -hmm. to break us apart. One girl like, won't y'all live together? I'm like, uh, hmm. That's sin. <laughs> Shacking up before we get married. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. 
So you're going to have people that are going to be jealous of you because you got somebody and they don't. They don't have anybody. And sometimes you just got to, you know what, just let things go. Or sometimes you have to just part ways with them. Say, listen, I'll see you right away. I see right now where this is going. I don't need all this extra aggravation. I don't need all this extra stress from you because I have somebody proposed to me and I said yes. And you've been looking for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and you still can't find nobody. So sometimes you have to do a survey of yourself and say, okay, what's going on? You know, and sometimes you attract people that you don't want to attract. So um, you don't want to attract somebody that's going to physically or verbally abuse you. Amen. So in that case, you, you, you see where it's going in the beginning. Say, okay, you know what? I got to break this off because right now he said he wasn't going to hit me again. What is that? I mean, the chance of that happening. There's a good chance he might do it again. Or she might do it again. Amen. But you know, the, you know, the Detroit women, they cut you. So <laughs> South Florida women, they shoot you. So, I mean, I don't know. Amen. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. So, you know, Detroit, they cut. South Florida, they pew, they, they shoot you. So, you know, that's how that is. So today in our um, topic of relationships matter, spouse or soulmate, our focal scripture is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. It says, for this reason, a man will leave father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. And now let's look at the verses before that. Because it starts for this reason. So if you're a Bible scholar and you study scripture, you understand when it starts off for this reason. That lets you know that something is precipitating that paragraph, amen? And if you're a student of the word, you look at it and you say, well, wait a minute. It says, for this reason. For this reason is not explained in the sentence. It is the after part of the sentence. But the explanation precipitates that statement, amen? Y'all following me? (laughs) Hallelujah. So if you look before that, if you start in Ephesians chapter um, 5, starting at verse 25, it says, Husbands, this is the precipitation of the statement in verse 31, for this reason. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, And it goes on to say, in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Hallelujah. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one who eat, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason. Does it make sense now? For this reason, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become 
one flesh. So that explains to you why after the dating season is over, when the man has proposed and been on his knees for an hour at a gas station, hallelujah, and next week you get that beautiful ring, the man will leave father and mother and cleave in some scriptures. Some verses say cleave unto his wife. The Bible says the two will become one flesh for this reason. What's that reason? So that he can make her holy, cleansing her through the washing of the word. So that he could love her as Christ loves the church. So that he can feed and care for her as if it is his own body. That tells us the purpose for the marriage. Amen? Make sense? See, so many people go into marriages and you don't understand, well, what is the purpose? Oh, I like him. He look good. Oh, I like her. She's shaped like a Coke bottle. Well, that Coke bottle grows. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to grow at some point. <laughs> now, it may shrink again, but it's going to grow again. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not for that. The Bible is telling you the purpose right here and there. So on your questionnaire, if you are doing the singles, look at the questions that is asking you. One of them is, are you content in your own relationship with the Lord? Amen. If you can't be content in your own relationship with the Lord, how are you going to be content with somebody else? Let's run through real quick the questions on the singles reflection. It says, what is the purpose of dating? What's the purpose? Why am I even going out with this person? That's a waste of time and money. If I'm not looking in the right direction, hallelujah. It's hard to go forward if you're looking back. Amen, always. Is this person my life partner? Can I see myself with this person forever? Am I content in my relationship with the Lord? And finally, have I accomplished my life goals? You know, there's things that I want to do in life. Have I started accomplishing? Have I started working on me? Now, for our married couples, now you all have the reflection in front of you. So how is my love life? Where are you frustrated? What is going well? And where do you need comfort or additional support. See, these are things that you need to look at in your own life, whether you're married and you're doing a reflection or whether you're single and doing a reflection. So let's look at God's formula. Over in your um, handbook, you have some fill-in-the-blanks. In your notes page, you have some fill-in-the-blanks. So we're going to go through this rather quickly. And then the final part, we're going to do a Q&A, and Pastor Derek and I are going to answer it from both a male and a female or a husband and wife perspective. Amen? All right, so God's formula for marriages. The first thing, and this is whether you're single or already married, because it's a constant work. It's something that we constantly have to work on. So the first thing is you need to become the right person. Become the right person. So many people are looking for the right person, but they forget they need to be the right person. Amen? Amen always. So you got to become the right person. 
It says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Become the right person. So that is a good recipe for a marriage. And you have to understand that even while you're single or even if you already are married, you've got to constantly be working on yourself to become the right person. What is the right person? First, be secure in who you are in Christ. Whether you're single or married, you got to be secure in who you are in Christ. The person that you're dating or married to cannot fulfill you as a person. Somebody say amen. You got to realize you will not get everything you need out of the, your partner. It's not going to happen. You're setting yourself and that person up for failure if you're looking for salvation in that person. And I'm, I'm here to enlighten you. It's not going to happen. You have to find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only salvation you will ever receive is in the man, the Savior, the God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So first, be secure in who you are in Christ. And if you're filling out your notes page, you'll see that we have lines available for you to fill in. And the first one says, become the right person. Second, first, be secure in who you are in Christ before a relationship can work. It cannot work if you're not secure in who you are in Christ, even being married. Marriages fail every year. There are people that get married, don't make it past five years, don't make it past one year. Some people get annulled. It just, <laughs> after a few days, you've got to be the right person in order for the relationship to work. You've got to be secure in who you are in Christ. And part B, it says, strengthen your relationship with the Lord continually. Sometimes, nope. On Sundays only, nope. Saturday morning prayer, nope. Continually. Why? Because it's an everyday process. We die daily. We sin daily. We make mistakes daily. Our minds just, just alone. You could wake up in the morning, and I guarantee you before 8 o'clock, your mind has already gone in five different places. <laughs> you haven't even spoken to anybody yet, haven't even got rolled out of your bed, haven't even taken a shower yet. But your mind has already gone in five, six different places. So we have to strengthen our relationship with the Lord continually. Continually. We said at the top of this series, Relationships Matter. The first uh, week we started off with what was our topic? my first love, talking about our relationship with the Father because he's our first love. Amen? So, number two is that we have to walk in love. Walk in love. We have to walk in love. So many people want to fall in love. Or if they're married and the relationship doesn't work, they say, well, I fell out of love. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? I fell out of love. I fell in love at one minute when everything was going right. Then something went wrong and I fell out of love. Don't look to fall in love. Because guess what? Your spouse is going to get on your nerves. Amen? 
you're going to get on your spouse nerves. Amen. You know how I know? Because Pastor Derek was messing with me the other day. He was joking. He was messing with me. I said, you getting on my nerves. He said, that's my job. He said, that's my job. It's my job to get on your nerves. Guess what? He's right. He was joking, but he's right. You know why? Because every time he get on his nerves, guess what? Get on my nerves, guess what? That's something in me that need to be fixed at that moment. Why am I impatient? Amen. Oh, I hurt somebody there. <laughs> I hurt somebody there. But it's true. Amen. So instead of looking to fall in love, or if you're married, say, well, let's start dating again, and let's start doing things so we can fall back in love. No, darling. Walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So walk in the way of love. Love people the way that Christ loves you. And what's the number one thing that Christ has done? Forgive. Forgive. What is one of the major things that happens in marriages? Unforgiveness. Amen? Unforgiveness. And it could be the smallest thing. Do you know right now there are marriages that are on the rocks over the pettiest things? Something petty happened. I don't mean the major sin situations. We know about those like abuse and adultery. I'm not even talking about those things. The smallest thing, a small petty argument that lasts too long. And somebody keeps bringing it up over and over and over and over and over again. And just can't let it go. Walk in love. Love people the way that Christ loves you. Forgive. Treat each other right. You want your marriages to work? Treat each other right. Treat each other right. Like Pastor Derek said, if they're not treating you right before you get married, don't marry them. If he's abusive, he or she is abusive before you get married, don't marry them. If he or she does not talk to you the right way before they're married, don't marry them. Treat each other right. That means if I'm not with my spouse and a man approaches me and tries to entice me, tries to invite me to go someplace with him, and I'm not even physically with Pastor Derek at the time, does that mean, oh, well, Pastor Derek's not here? I can go anywhere I want to go. He doesn't see it. He thinks I'm at the mall with some friends. Treat each other right. Love is unselfish. Number D is unselfish. Unselfish. See, we have to walk in love. We got to love people the way Christ loved us. And remember, he gave for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not like he had a hundred of them and he said, okay, I'll just sacrifice one. I got 99 more, no biggie. The Bible says his only. 
In fact, the Bible says his one and only. Amen. So unselfish is D. And E, giving the other person what he or she needs the most. The word is needs. What he or she needs the most. That means if they need forgiveness, give them forgiveness. If they need help and support and they're going through something, even if you're tired of hearing it, I'm tired of hearing him complain about what they did on his job. He just keep complaining. He needs support. Give him what he needs. Because guess what? Your day is coming when you will need his support. He needs yours now. You'll need his later. That's how marriages work. That's how relationships work. We may not all need each other at the same time, but you wait just a little while and it's going to come back around to you. It's going to come back around to you. I can guarantee you that. Number three, instead of fixing your hopes and dreams on another person, trying to find the man of your dreams, trying to find the woman of your dreams, instead of fixing your hopes and dreams on another person, fix your hope on God. Fix your hope on God. And seek to please him. And seek to please him through his relationship, through this relationship. That's Psalm 25.5. Oh, I'm sorry. Psalm 25.5. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Amen. So, A, Christ has to always be the most important person in your life. Christ has to always be the most important person in your life, married or single. Doesn't matter. He has to be the most important person in your life. If Christ is not first to you in your life, no other relationship matters. No other relationship is going to last, and no other relationship is going to be what God ordained it to be. So he has to be first. Before and during marriage. Your goal must be to please God. And see, when you have this as your focus, that helps you when the enemy sends temptation to try to distract you. That woman on your job who's paying extra attention to you, that's a distraction. But see, when your eyes are on God and you're trying to please him first, you know it will displease God to sin because you're sinning first against God, then against your spouse. When an opportunity comes for you to take money that doesn't belong to you or to take things that don't belong to you, you think nobody's looking, doesn't matter. When your eyes are on God and you want to please him first, it's clear what to do. And in D, imagine a marriage where two people's main goal is to please God and second each other. Main goal is to please God and second each other. And our final point, number four, if failure or bad relationships occur, if failure or bad relationships occur, Repeat steps one, two, and three. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Guess what? Sometimes it's not you. You can be doing everything right sometimes in a relationship not work. It might not be you. The two have to be doing things right in order for it to work. One person can't fix a relationship by themselves. Let me set you free. If you're in a relationship that's going downhill and you're the only one trying to fix it, get out now. Tell them I said it. It takes two to mess it up, and it takes two to fix it. And you need the intervention of the Holy Spirit on the inside. So sometimes it's not you. And B, unresolved issues from past relationships can sometimes hinder current relationships. Unresolved issues from past relationships can sometimes hinder current relationships. Timing. C is timing. Sometimes people just aren't ready. They just aren't ready. They aren't healed enough from past circumstances to walk in freely into a new relationship. And then finally, don't give up. It's not a race. It's not a race. Don't give up. If your friends are getting married or if your friends are in marriages and their marriages seem to be going great all is well and then yours are struggling, don't give up. Now, if you're already married, you should be working on it. You should be making an effort to work on that situation. If you're single, guess what? You got a freedom card. <laughs> See, married people don't get that freedom card anymore. We get our freedom card taken away from us. But if you are single, you can pack your little bags, put it over your shoulder, wave bye-bye, and walk away from the foolishness. Especially if you're single and there are no kids in the bus. Amen, somebody? Amen. So we're going to go through a little Q&A now. And we have a few questions. The scriptures are on the back for your own reference. But we have a few questions now. And Pastor Derek and I are going to answer them from the perspective of a husband and a wife. And there are only three topics. The first is affection. The other one is love. And the last one is needs. So Pastor Derek. From a man's perspective, what is affection to you? Make it PG because the kids are in here. Don't know. Men don't know what affection is? What do you mean with all that? Women want more affection than men. Now you got to answer it from a man's perspective. From a man's perspective, what is affection? Don't mess with us when watching sports. You see, you see this? This is like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He wakes me up in the middle of the night with this. Yes. From a woman's perspective, affection 
to be holding our hands. Something as simple as that. Simply texting us in the middle of the day. When you see us in the kitchen doing something, you walk by, just touch our shoulder. We know you're coming in there to grab a drink. You're not coming in because you want to, you know, we just touch our shoulder when you walk by. That adds more to the equation after 9 o'clock, and I'm keeping it PG, but that adds more to the equation after 9 o'clock than, okay, baby, it's 9 o'clock. So, what's 9 o'clock mean? So, you know you want to sleep. So, <laughs> I'm just catching a headache, I feel like. <laughs> Affection is more than that. It starts throughout the entire day. Amen? Ladies, I'm not alone, am I? <laughs> it starts throughout the entire day. So if you're wondering why late at night, all of a sudden out of nowhere our heads start hurting, or we all of a sudden sleepy, or we got to write that last chapter for the book, somebody forgot to, that, looks, that food looks good. Can't wait to eat dinner. Send a nice little text. Sitting in the car driving, grabbing hands. Something simple like that. That's affection to us. Second question. Where do you get your ideas about love? Cupid? These are jokes for y'all. Where do your ideas, for a man, where do your ideas about love come from? Well, the one thing you can do, you can just ask God, and he'll tell you. Um, if you're trying to plan something for your spouse, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, you try, you try to keep it, but for some reason she always finds out. So then again, it's not, it's not a secret anymore. So love is just more than saying it. Love is showing it. Well, he say he loved me. Well, I want you to show it to me. Show me you love me. If my car break down, can I use yours? But then again, it's both of y'all because y'all both, <clears throat> y'all paying for it. So, <laughs> okay. You know, and my wife knows, she knows that I'll eat before she, she'll eat before I do, before I do. She's like, what you want to eat? Say, like, get yourself something to eat. I'll figure out what I want to eat. So. Sacrifice. So her and the, we got two small dogs. So her and the two dogs eat before I do. So even if like, oh, they out of food, I got to rush out and get them food before I even get me something to eat. So love is just more than just saying it. You also have to show it as well. And some men just don't, they say it, but they don't show it. For women, where we get our ideas about love, from our parents, what we saw them do. That's where our ideas of love come from. What did we see? How did we see our father treat our mother? How did we see our mother treat our father? What about the older women in our home? How are they with their spouse? See, we are observing everything that's going on in the relationships around us. So our concept and ideas are coming from what we see in other people. And sometimes 
that if we don't purify ourselves and we've had bad examples, that can hinder our relationships. Amen. So that could be a hit or it could be a miss. Sometimes we have seen good examples and then we hold the person that God sends to us to an expectation that can be unrealistic because they currently might be in a certain circumstance where they can't do the things that we have seen. That doesn't mean that's where they're going to be always, but that could be where they're at right now. So sometimes what we have seen in others can be a hit or miss. Final question, needs. From a man's perspective, what do men want or need the most? Keep it PG. <laughs> what do men want or need the most from women? Season football tickets. No, not happening. Never. Airplane? Let me tell y'all what he did to me one day. See, he loves basketball. He dragged me all, and this is when we were living in South Florida. He dragged me all the way down to a Miami Heat game. Well, it was horrible. No, was, no. If 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 you come to a Heat game and I had to go to the ballet, <laughs> it was an oh, opera. No, no. I'm sorry. The opera. It was an opera. Sorry, and opera. And he's going and getting peanuts, rapping, opening the rappers all loud and everything during the opera. Because, you know, you got to be quiet. I'm like, why do, I hear the, why do I hear a bag of peanuts? Would you stop? Yes. <laughs> so what do we need, want or need the most, men? I just said it. Oh, Well, the one thing we need is, you know, um, sometimes, you know, we want you to say we appreciate you for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't hear that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can see, if you do some history, um, some men have been, you know, creeping around. I'm not going to mention no name. I'm not going to mention his special name, but... You know, it was all on social media. He got a side chick pregnant. You know who I'm talking about. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, so what was it he getting at home? We all know the Tiger Woods incident. What was he, what was he getting at home? He, he was getting it someplace else. So sometimes we do need to, say, you know, we do need to say, you know, we, you know, we appreciate you for everything you do. We appreciate the hard work and the sacrifices that you make for the family. It's which I do all the time. You know, um, my wife's like, well, um, do you want something for the mall? I say, no, get yourself something. With us, it doesn't necessarily always, it doesn't always have to be, oh, take a shopping or something like that. Sometimes it's just like, hey, you know, a game coming on. <laughs> just give me going some. back to the games again. Just give me some, a pizza and some hot wings and I'm, I'm good. We're good. And, and give you some money. Say, here, here's $500. Go shopping. See you later. You know. Amen. So from a woman's perspective, what we want or need the most, some of us might say money, but that's actually not it. It's not it. Some of us might say designer clothes, designer handbags, designer shoes. Diamonds. You know, Louis Vuitton, some diamonds. You know, to be honest with you, that's not it. That's not what we want. 
We want to feel secure. We want to know that you love us. We want affection. Not the S word, affection. See, for us, affection will lead to the S word. That's what we want and need the most. Security. To feel that we are protected and loved and taken care of. That's what your wife wants. So if you're wondering, does she want diamonds? Yes, yeah, she wants the diamonds. But guess what? She wants security. Because you can give her all the diamonds you want in the world. If she's not secure, what good is it? Doesn't matter. And so if you're trying to figure us out, and women, you're trying to figure them out, this gives you a clue of what's going on in the opposite side's mind. He may want to sit peacefully without me nagging him. Uh, could you please come fix these curtains and watch a game? And I just may want him to walk by. Hey, babe, that dinner looks good. I can't wait to eat. Get his drink and go on somewhere else in the house. Amen. Did y'all get anything from this? Amen. Did it do something for you? Okay, Amen. let me uh, back up here for a minute here to Isaiah chapter, I mean, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, and two, and two shall become one flesh. Now, single ladies, single ladies, if he say he talking about he's ready to marry you, and you come to find out that he still love home with mom and dad, he got one shoe, got a dog in the back, you know, he ain't ready. <laughs> he's not ready to leave. He is not ready to leave. You're like, okay, so where you work at? Uh, you know, I just just work around the way, you know. You know, so he's not ready. He's not ready. And the Bible also say, don't be unequally yoked. So don't try and um, get connected or start a relationship with somebody that's not saved. Because it's not going to work. Well, I can, I can change him. Say, no, you cannot. I hear this all the time. I can change him. You cannot change him. Only God can change him. You cannot change him. Or you can't change her. You can't change her. So you want someone that's saved, that got a job, that's got his own place. He has his own place paying his own bills and got good benefits. Hallelujah on those benefits, though. Because <laughs> that health insurance is expensive. <laughs> Amen. So did you guys get something from this? Praise the Lord. So this is your notes page. Um, you want to, at your leisure, just review those and meditate on those scriptures, whether you're single or married, um, because they can be a blessing to your life. Um, we do have a young lady here who um, is um, helping us grow our dance ministry. As I said, this is our very, this is only our fifth uh, service. And so, you know, we're a relatively new church, but for resurrection, um, our youth, um, having an awesome program for um, our youth and our young people. And so we have um, a friend that is here, and she is going to just come and just bless us um, as we prepare to go out. And then right after her, 
we're going to have our call to worship, okay? Would you welcome her as she comes? Yeah. Hey. 